I'm turning uh, this evening to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. My friends, I'm looking this evening at uh, these verses of Scripture, and my subject is uh, the believer and his trials. The believer and his trials. Uh, That word, the New King James Version, which we read from, uses that word trials and temptations uh, separately. If you have a King James Bible or you use a King James Bible, you'll find that they use the word temptation for both. So when it talks about, uh, here in verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, in the King James Version it would say temptations, which is a little bit uh, confusing. But uh, the New King James Version uh, clarifies exactly uh, what uh, is in mind, that it is uh, trials that are in mind. But the other kind of temptation, the one that we are so uh, familiar with and the one that we understand usually by temptation, you can see that in verses 13 to 14, that enticement uh, to sin, the allurement uh, to sin. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am Tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away of his own desires and enticed. So that's the other kind of temptation, uh, the enticement uh, to sin. But we're going to look more at this first kind, the, the trials of the Christian life, the trials that believers face and why. They come our way. But it's interesting when you think about that word temptations, why did the, the people, the translators use that word temptations for trials? Well, in a sense, you could say that a, a trial is also a kind of temptation. Because when you're in a trial, when you're in the midst of a great difficulty, there's a temptation to unbelief. There's a temptation Uh, to go away from the Lord. It's a temptation uh, to uh, disbelieve him, to to give up, to to crumble and fall and to dishonor the Lord in a sinful way. So one could understand possibly why uh, they used that word uh, temptation. But uh, uh, this is what we think, your friend, the way God tests us, the way God proves us. And here James tells us uh, that though we don't like uh, temptations, or, or rather trials, they're for our good, uh, they're for our benefit, and they are for our improvement. Now, there are some preachers today, and they're very popular preachers, who will tell you otherwise. They will tell you, well, uh, the gospel, uh, they will tell you uh, the gospel that, uh, and com- coming to Christ and the Christian life, it's a problem-free life. When you come to Christ, all your problems will be solved and you'll have a nice, comfortable, easy life. That's why you must become a believer. That's why you must become a Christian. Well, the gospel does say, without any doubt, come to Christ and your biggest problem will be solved and that's sin and your disconnect with God. You can be reconnected with God through Christ. But it doesn't say, come to Jesus 
and all your problems would be resolved. That would be a warped view. That would be an unscriptural view that is presented uh, to, uh, to others. They say God doesn't want you to be sick. God doesn't want you to be poor or to have a hard life. Just wants you to smile every day. Well, friends, that's completely unrealistic. We all know that real life is full of troubles and difficulties. And you wonder whether these people really have read the scriptures. Because every saint of God has had some trials. Sometimes tremendous trials have come their way. Tremendous difficulties they've had to face. Each and every one. You can look at David and Abraham and Peter and, and Paul. What tremendous difficulties and trials that they passed through. And uh, not one uh, escaped, as it were, th these ways. Uh, just the other day, or rather a few weeks ago, I should say, I met a lady and I was talking to her and I asked her, well, do you go to church? And uh, she said she used to, but she stopped going to church. I said, why, why have you stopped going to church? She said, because of the things that she was hearing in the church. She, she, her, her life, which she described to me, was, was a very sad one. She'd only just lost her father, and uh, she had a young, young baby to look after, and she had a mother who required full-time care, and the church that she was going to was telling her these things that you are, as a Christian, you, you won't have any problems. And there was a, a disconnect between what was happening in her life and what the church was telling her. So she decided uh, to leave. But friends, that's, life is full of trials and difficulties. In fact, we can say that trials are very much a part and parcel of the Christian life. We're not exempt from uh, trials just because we are believers. All those things that are common to others who are outside the church are also things that are going to happen to us as believers or may happen to us as believers. Perhaps you could say even more the trials are of the believers. The believer has more difficulties than one who doesn't know the Lord. He may have to put up with ridicule. He may have to put up with name-calling in his workplace or from his, even from his friends. He may be sneered at and laughed at behind people's back because he goes to church on Sunday, because he reads his Bible, because he takes God seriously in this modern world. Because of his faith, he may be sidelined and overlooked for promotion. And we know, we read of it, what happens in so many uh, other countries. People are disowned the moment that they become Believers, they're cast out of the parents' will. They're in, I, I know a friend, and this is exactly what happened to him. He was, his father said, if you don't uh, give up Christianity, I'm going to cut you out of my will. And his, he carried on believing uh, at a cost. Many are imprisoned for their faith. It doesn't happen uh, here uh, so much. Uh, but many are, uh, go to prison uh, because of their trust in Christ. Then again, we could also say the Christian has more trials because the Lord is training him. The believer is an unfinished article. As you know, we see so often, isn't it, sometimes people wearing that T-shirt, God hasn't finished with me yet. Well, that's true. Uh, we are, there are still so many rough edges to us. Even if we've been a believer for a very long time, there are still things to be done within us in our character 
There's still graces that need to be uh, developed. There's still faith that is somewhat weak and needs to be uh, strengthened as well. And the Lord uses trials to change us and to form us, to fashion us, to make us uh, better men and women. Now, thankfully, uh, we are not tried constantly. <laughs> Life would be uh, miserable, isn't it? Uh, life would be pretty unhappy if day, up, day by day uh, we were subject to uh, trials. But we have much to be thankful for, that we have so many days of peace and undisturbed uh, rest. But when trials do come, friends, we shouldn't be taken by surprise, as though some strange thing is happen, happening to us. As uh, Peter said, uh, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. This is, uh, he was pre-warning the believers there. He knew uh, perhaps God had given him some intimation of what was to come, that the fiery persecution was about to begin, and he's, he warns them. Well, it, we can take that principle and apply it to ourselves, that we, uh, if difficulties come, uh, we mustn't be uh, suddenly taken by surprise, but must learn to respond uh, to it and to handle it in a biblical way. Many of us, I trust here, don't subscribe to the health and wealth gospel, but we may subconsciously, subconsciously maybe we might imbibe that sort of thought in our mind. Oh, I'm a believer. I don't, I don't think I should be going through all these things. I don't think everything should be good for me. It should be blessing now because I'm the Lord's. We may uh, unconsciously imbibe such a thought. But, friends, that would be a wrong way to approach uh, life. Uh, life is full of trials, but uh, we uh, must respond to it uh, as uh, the Lord uh, teaches us to, as we look uh, tonight. Verse 2 tells us that these are trials that we fall into. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various uh, troubles, trials. The troubles which come upon us. Uh, the word, that word fall into means to be surrounded by. It's uh, also used in Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, where the Lord is uh, talking about uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And you remember it, I'm sure you know it uh, very well, that a certain man, he was traveling from A uh, to B, and uh, he was going along the road, and suddenly, out of the bushes or wherever they came, these thieves, they jumped upon him, and they, they beat him up black and blue, and they, they took all, everything from him. They robbed him and left him on the road. That sudden falling upon him, he fell among thieves. That's the, he, wasn't, he didn't go out looking for it. It happened to him as he was going along the way. And that's the same idea here with our trials. It's not that we've gone looking for it and brought it upon ourselves, but we've been going on in life and these things are permitted by God and sent by God. These are the kind of trials we are thinking about. James says that they are various trials. For these Jews who he is writing to, well, it was especially uh, persecution which uh, he had in mind. They were going to be persecuted from different angles, from various, uh, from fellow uh, Jews, from Gentiles as well. Uh, they were, uh, would be persecuted. They would ex have to experience the loss of property and uh, the jobs. 
If you were, had a, a, a trade job, you couldn't belong to the trade guilds of the time because they were idolatrous. You had to come out from there. And that meant a loss of income. And think of the impact that that would have on your family and on your children. There would be no income. How are you going to support, the, uh, support them? It was a great concern uh, to them. These were the kind of trials that they had to face. And it's uh, similar for us. We also have real troubles real hardships, maybe not of the same kind as these Jews had, but others, sickness it might be on one hand, or a loss of a business, or a failure to even try to get business, disappointment in life, or a loss of a loved one, a bereavement, people turning against us, injustice that we face on a, a personal level, it may be an ungrateful child even, or an, uh, uh, a mean and unsympathetic, a very demanding boss uh, in the office, or even the, uh, the infirmities that come with old age. All these things uh, could, are trials and diff- uh, various kinds of trials and hardships that we may have to face. Well, each uh, person has different kinds of trials. Your trials are not mine, and my trials are not yours. And the Lord knows best how much we can take, isn't it? God knows how much each person can bear. Everyone's load-bearing is different. Just like if you're driving along the UK, the roads in the UK, and often you have to cross a bridge and you'll see a sign saying maximum load-bearing for that particular bridge. Well, each one of us is like a particular bridge. We can only bear so much weight and God knows uh, how much uh, we can bear and he doesn't give us more than we can, uh, can bear I remember when I was uh, in China and I was quite surprised my wife and I we, were, we came out of a, a hotel and we were walking the hotel was on a, quite a steep hill and we were walking down the hill and uh, walking the opposite direction, up that steep slope, was a man carrying uh, a fridge, a big heavy fridge, fridge or maybe even a, a double wardrobe. And he was tied to his back and he was carrying that load right up uh, the slope, all on his own. And I was amazed by, by that sight. I could never do that. But he could. That was how much he can bear. Uh, he is a lot stronger than, than I, I could ever be. But in a similar kind of way, God knows, friends, how much we can bear. But what is, even though we have these various trials and your trials are different from mine, what is common to all our trials is that they are all trials of faith. They are all trials of our our faith. I come to faith in Christ. I trust in him for salvation I begin to live day by day, saying, Lord, today I'm going to trust you. Today I'm going to depend upon you. And you trust him in whatever comes my way, Lord. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to depend on you, whatever my circumstances. Well, that faith, friends, must be tried. That faith that you express in the Lord has to be tested and proved and shown to be genuine. And that can usually only happen through stormy days. On days of sunshine, when everything is going well, of course we are strong in faith, isn't it? But when difficulties come, and hardships come, when unpleasant things happen to us, then how do I respond? How do I manage? When the phone rings and 
I get some bad news on the other end, from the other end of the line. Or I hear that consultant's uh, diagnosis, which I didn't really want to hear. That bad news, how do I manage? Or even just falling into that, that new age, age group, that new category of, of old age and all the, the things that come with old age. And I never expected such things to ever happen to me. Well, friends, all these are, are difficulties and uh, are, are testings of our faith. And then on the other hand, I believe the promises. I, I believe, yes, Lord, and I say all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called after his name. I believe that, Lord. Well, that must be tested. <laughs> That's got to be tested. Do you really believe that? Well, let's see. Let's see, put you into a difficult position. Will, you still, will we still say that? Will we still hold on to the Lord uh, in, in the crucible of trials? You remember Abraham? Abraham, the man of faith, the father of the faithful. His faith was constantly tested again and again. When he, when he was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, he was called to leave his home and to go to a place where God even didn't even tell him where, where to go to. But he obeyed. He trusted God and he left and then God promised to give him a son. And uh, he had to wait, you remember, years and years. And he was getting older and older. And his wife was getting older and older. And he, had, he still trusted God and had faith. And then uh, God asked him to sacrifice that son who he gave. That son in whom all the promises of the Messiah were bound. And God said, sacrifice Isaac. Something he would never ask us to do. This is a one-off event. And... Uh, Abraham, again, he believed God. He went uh, to sacrifice because he believed God would raise him uh, up uh, from the dead. Again and again, his faith was being tested through his life. So, so friends, the test our faith needs uh, to be uh, tested and proved. Not for God's benefit. Not because God wants to see whether you will pass the test or not, or whether you have the faith. But for your benefit and mine. Because when we, when we see ourselves holding up in the midst of a trauma and we reflect on it, I say, oh, the Lord helped me. I was, enabled, I was helped to trust in him at that time, to have faith in him. Well, that's for my encouragement. That's for, that's for my blessing because then I can see what my faith is, a genuine one. It's a real one that I have. But if my faith fails, and then I realize, oh, how weak uh, really is my faith. Well, how should we respond uh, to trials? And James tells us something very surprising here, doesn't it? He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Imagine this, when this letter was first read out uh, to the church. Uh, no greetings like Paul gives in his letters, no benediction, just straight to the point, somewhat abruptly, somewhat bluntly, uh, James says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, James is not telling them uh, here to uh, feel joyful, just to be happy, to jump, to jump for joy uh, when, uh, when, you, when you go through difficulties. He's not asking them to be stoic. When, uh, we are people, we are men, we are women, we have uh, feelings. It's a part of our natural creation that God has made us like that. James is not advocating any kind of stoicism. We feel the pain of trials. 
We feel the bitterness. We're not immune to the sadness that comes uh, through, through trials. And the stress and the strains, we feel it. The concern uh, of troubles, we're not uh, immune to these things. We know them and we feel them in a real way. But, so, but James is here, he's not addressing so much our feelings, but he's addressing our mind. He's addressing our mind. That word, count it all joy, uh, is talking about how we think about our trials. And it means to lead, to lead out before uh, the mind, to have the leading thought in our mind. Uh, The leading thought controlling the way that you look at trials. And here James is saying, let your leading thought, the prevailing thought in your mind, the commanding thought in your mind about your trials be one of joy, an occasion of joy. And I'll explain in what way in a minute. The Apostle Paul uh, thought in this kind of way uh, himself. In Romans 8 and verse 18, he said, For I reckon, again that same kind of word, thinking, counting, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, he's thinking, oh, oh, here's my sufferings in this world. And there were so many, so weighty on one side. And on the other side, he's thinking about the glory to be uh, revealed uh, in, in heaven. And he said, I'm counting what's, what's going to be revealed in heaven so much better and not worthy to be compared with my uh, difficulties in this life. It's how he approached uh, his trials. And when we approach our trials, friends, we are uh, here instructed to approach it uh, with a different mindset, Uh, not to just crumble and fall and be overwhelmed by our trials, but to think about it uh, and to uh, uh, let, let this be our commanding thought. Knowing, uh, in verse, verse 3, a similar word is used when James says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Being aware that your trials are doing a good work in you. They're accomplishing something in you. God is changing you. And if you, friends, if we just but realize this, half the battle with our trials uh, is, is won. And if we respond and think of them in this biblical way. So all joy, what does James mean when he says all joy? Well, God has sent this predicament. God has sent this trouble uh, into my life for my good, for my spiritual advance, for my uh, growth uh, in grace. Oh, there are people who are annoying me. There are people who are irritating me in my workplace, and I'm finding it very difficult to get along with them. But didn't you pray for patience? Didn't you ask God to make you a more patient, considerate person? That's the trial to, 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 to bring you uh, to grow in grace. God is working through it. Think of your trials, friends, as a witnessing opportunity, as a, a, an opportunity for others who may see and observe how you carry yourself through your trials, and that may make an impact on their lives and bring them to faith in Christ. This is what happened with that early church father, Justin Martyr. The thing that brought him to Christianity and Christ was that uh, he saw the way that the Christians went through persecution and the way they went to their death, and he said, they have something. They have something which he didn't have. 
And this is what turned him uh, to the Lord. And the unbelievers also are observing you, even when you're going through difficult times. And think also, let a, a thought, another thought in your mind be how it will help you to be uh, more useful uh, to others in the future. It will increase your usefulness. When you go through difficulties, will you be able to sympathize with others who have been through similar kind of things? You'll be able to feel more uh, for others and to pray more sympathetically also for them. So this is what James has in mind. This should be their leading thought, not uh, self-pity, not a complaining, not a paralyzing uh, sadness. Uh, None of these things were uh, to overwhelm them, uh, but to think of it in this particular way. Another benefit, even of trials, <clears throat> is that it produces uh, patience. Here in verse four, but uh, verse three, rather, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It, uh, trials produce patience in us. Not patience with other people, that's not the, what the word here means, but rather endurance. Endurance, perseverance, fortitude of mind, a holding up, friends, in times of trouble, not crumbling, but holding up, an inner persevering a strength, a strength for today and strength for tomorrow. We know this with our children, isn't it? If we have young children, we want to train them to be strong for the future. We want them to learn not just their maths and geography and history, but we want them to learn how to manage with life. We want them to learn how to endure when troubles do come. We, we often will tell our children, when you go out, when you're home now, things are all nice and, and good. When you go into society, things change. And you need to be able uh, to manage that. And so we want to train our children uh, to that. And uh, it's, that's what the Lord does. So many people, friends, even just thinking, it's, and it's very sad to say this, but so many people cannot handle life. Life is full of hardships. Life is full of difficulties. Even I read that in India, every year, 10,000 Indian farmers take their lives, commit suicide, because they don't have enough to pay for their families. They cannot grow enough crops to support their families. And they end up, committing suicide. So sad. Well, friends, we need to, uh, uh, to help, uh, uh, help our children, but uh, that's an aside. Here also God, through trials, is strengthening us uh, so that we may also be able to endure uh, if we let God work uh, through the trials. Well, this is one of the chief benefits, but I can prevent God from working. I can stop the trial from having a good effect. I can lose the benefit of the trial if I end up complaining in it, or murmuring, or resenting it, or falling to pieces. Then that good work that God is trying to do in us, while well, it may be hindered. Well, verse 4 tells us another purpose of trials, not only patience, but to bring us to spiritual maturity. Uh, Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Trials are there, trials God sends our way to help us to mature from spiritual infants into spiritual adults. It's a slow process, it's true, 
But that's what God uses. The word complete, mature. Just like an adult has all its uh, faculties uh, developed and uh, he's ready for life and he's ready to stand uh, on his own. So also trials uh, help uh, to develop all our graces and uh, uh, to develop graces even probably we don't really pay much attention to. Otherwise, we, there's a tendency if we're left to ourselves in our own development, we may become lopsided. We may be uh, such friends who are strong in kindness, but maybe we are weak in patience. We may be those who are, have good Bible knowledge and can explain the scriptures and teach others, but maybe uh, we're lacking in, deficient in gentleness in, us, in our uh, demeanor and our deportment. We may be strong in faith, but we may be weak in brotherly love and kindness. So trials are also for this purpose, so that uh, to complete our character, to make us uh, more balanced and, and wholesome as uh, believers. Well, friends, these are just a few remarks uh, f- uh, on how the Lord uh, w- would use trials uh, in our life. As I close then, Think of these things. See all your your trials as coming from your Father's hand. Look beyond the one who who is troubling you or or the actual circumstance. See the first cause. See God behind your trials. You are his child. He permits these things. He allows these things to happen to you for a reason. You remember what Job said in the midst of his trials. The arrows of the Almighty... Are within me. He took those arrows. God is shooting all those arrows of trouble and difficulty into my life. It's God who is doing it. And you remember the psalmist in Psalm 39 as well, uh, who, uh, who said, It was you who did it. It was you, Lord, who did it. I, I, I heard of a pastor, and he was afflicted with a stroke. And he found it very, very hard. Why, Lord? Why have you afflicted me with a stroke? Why, when I want to do your work and so on, he was thinking. And then he read uh, Psalm 39. And this word stuck out, stuck out to him. It was you uh, who did it. Remo- and the next verse says, remove your stroke uh, from me. He took it from the Lord's hands and immediately uh, he found uh, relief. Christ did that, isn't it? Christ, when he was in that garden of Gethsemane, uh, he drank his father's cup. He took the cup from whose hand? That cup of suffering and all the agony and all the pain and all the shame that was before him to come. He took it from his father's hand. He went beyond the Pharisees and the scribes and the Roman soldiers who were to crucify him and mock him and put him to death. And he looked beyond that to see his father's hand allowing him to go through all those things. That's how we are also called to look on our trials. So friends, think much of the benefits uh, that will result from trial. Don't let sadness or disappointment or grief dominate your thoughts. But do follow James's advice here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various 